from the rule of our Holy Father Benedict. Chapter 59. De filiis nobilium vel pauperum qui offeruntur, of the sons of nobles or of poor men that are offered. If any nobleman shall perchance offer his son in the monastery, let the parents, should the boy be still in infancy, make for him the written promise as aforesaid, and together with the oblation, let them wrap that promise and the hand of the child in the altar cloth, and so offer him up. With respect to his property, they must in the same document promise under oath that they will never either themselves or through anyone else or in any way whatever give him anything or the means of having anything. Or else if they are unwilling to do this and desire to offer something as an alms to the monastery for their own advantage, let them make a donation of whatever they please to the monastery reserving to themselves, if they will, the income thereof during their life. Thus let all possibility of expectation be excluded, whereby the child might be deceived and so perish, which God forbid, as we have learned by experience, may happen. Let those who are poorer do in like manner, but those who have nothing whatever may simply make the promise in writing, and with the oblation offer their son before witnesses. But thou, Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Although we no longer receive child oblates, this chapter is not without interest for us. The rite of oblation that St. Benedict describes is akin to the profession of a monk. The rite by which a boy becomes an oblate, literally, an offering made over to God is wonderfully eloquent. Once it is certain that the boy's parents have renounced all claim over him and will not seek to entice him out of the cloister back into the world by offering him an inheritance, the boy is led to the altar of the oratory of the monastery. There the boy's little hand is wrapped in the altar linen the ample corporal upon which rests the oblata of bread and wine set apart for the holy sacrifice, and the child, together with the offerings of the Mass, is made over to God in an irrevocable manner. This rite is extremely important, not only for oblates of all times and ages, but also for monks, because it casts a theological light over the mystic significance of monastic profession. As I explained yesterday, when a man makes himself over to God by monastic profession, he is identifying himself with the offering of bread and wine that will become, as the Roman canon puts it, the hostia pura, hostia santa, hostia immaculata, the pure victim, the holy victim, the spotless victim who offers himself in sacrifice to the Father. Mother Mechtilde Bar's emphasis on the monastic life as a state of victimhood is not, as some have contended, 
a marginal development in 17th century piety, it is rather deeply rooted in St. Benedict's own Eucharistic understanding of monastic profession. This, in fact, is what is meant by actual participation in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. The secret is to live in this state of oblation at every moment. It is to live from the altar and for the altar, never attempting to take back what has been made over to God, but living through all the challenges and temptations of the day, in union with Christ who lives forever to make intercession for us in the heavenly sanctuary beyond the veil.